Hey guys, I'm Rain, and welcome to Web Chats, where we find the most interesting people on the internet and bring them on to hear their stories. Some of the topics we cover can be funny, interesting, maybe even a little weird, and we do get into some pretty heavy topics, things like substance abuse, suicide, sex abuse, domestic violence. So a quick trigger warning, if you're sensitive to any of those things, you're going to want to think about that before you proceed with any of our episodes, because sometimes it comes up a little bit unexpectedly. If you hear me giving advice to anybody on the show, it's just coming from my own personal experiences and it's coming from my heart, but I am not a trained professional. I've been through a lot in my life. I've seen a lot. I've known a lot of people, so I have a lot to pull from, but I am not a trained professional. The last thing before we get into the show is I want to share a few resources that may be useful for you or somebody you know. So the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255. The National Child Abuse Hotline. 800-422-4453 and 24-hour drug and alcohol abuse support line including an optional 24-hour admittance to rehab is 877-987-6071. Okay, now let's get into the show. Web chats connected. Hey everybody, it's Rain and welcome back to Web Chats. Guess what? It's Pride Month and today we're talking about female to male transitions with my transsexual friend Chris. Chris was very interesting for me to speak with and I made a connection with him so quickly because he just has a heart of gold. He's a football coach. He's a, you know, he loves the kids. He's a swimming instructor and he was born as a girl. And when he was a girl, his mom abused him, shaved his head, told him he was a boy, and at some point it stuck. So then he was living as a lesbian, and then he said, you know what, I'm not a lesbian, I'm a man, and began going through HRT, which is hormone replacement therapy. So I've learned a lot over the last couple of months. I've interviewed four or five different transsexuals, some male to female, some female to male, and I've learned a lot of stuff, and so you're going to learn a lot of stuff right now too. Uh, So he was on Facebook sharing about his experience with HRT for other people. That's where Amber found him in the Facebook group. And here is a little bit of the rundown of what he's experienced from his posts. My lab results came back normal and I get to start testosterone at the end of the month. I'm starting out with a very low dose because I want my body to ease into it. My family members who aren't understanding just yet don't need to know the details. That was the one thing bringing me down. Thank goodness for this group. Seven months later. Female to male, before and after pictures so far and I am embracing my journey. I am 36 years old and it feels so nice to finally be me after all these years. One month on testosterone, I strongly believe in taking my time with these steps. My dysphoria and depression are also getting better after accepting my age and the steps it takes to transition from female to male. Hope you enjoy my talk with Chris. Okay, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good, good. Thanks. Uh, thanks for joining me. Yeah, anytime. Right on. You enjoying uh, enjoying the day? How's everything going out there? It's a nice day. It's really nice. It looks beautiful in, where you are. Where do you live? Yeah. I'm in Salt Lake City, Utah. Oh, okay, cool. We're in San Diego. So oh, wow. it's nice out here too. It's starting to look like summer. Heck yeah, it's about time. <laughs> Heck yeah. Let me adjust my volume here so I can hear a little bit better. Okay. Cool. Well, I'm excited to talk to you. Likewise. I'm very excited. I'll tell you why. Okay. Besides the obvious. So 
I've had a couple conversations recently with trans folks who, who transitioned from male to female who were actually early in their transition as well. So there's a couple reasons why I'm really excited about our conversation today. So a couple people that were early in their transition from male to female, okay? Then I put up a post on our Instagram and I said, which story is more interesting to you, hearing about the transition from male to female or hearing about the transition from female to male? And overwhelmingly, surprisingly to me, Almost everybody wanted to hear about the story from female to male. That's awesome. Isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I was like, whoa, I totally thought that more people would be interested in the, I don't know why I thought that, but I just thought the, the more popular story would be from male to female, but it's not. It's female to male. Everybody wants to hear the story. And also, like I said, the two people I spoke to already were early in their transition. So certain questions that I had for them, it was really hard for them to answer because they hadn't really been through all of it yet. You know what I mean? They were still so early. So for those reasons, I'm very excited. And I'm always excited to just meet new people and hear about their journey. So I'm excited all around. So uh, I would love to just kind of, I guess, let's start here if this is okay. Tell me about where this whole idea started for you did you have some gender dysphoria as a youth or how did all of this kind of come about for you because you were born as a female transitioned to male I see you now you look like a very handsome guy and so where did this whole thought process start in your mind well it was right when I was like six years old Mm -hmm. the boys would pee standing up Mm -hmm. and I wanted to do it and I just thought I was doing it for fun but I also did go through a little bit of trauma. I had somebody in my life, a parental figure that was very abusive. Mm-hmm. And she was so jealous of me that she wanted me to look like a boy. So she also cut my hair off and oh, dressed no. me as a boy. No. So some of that was, and I don't mind sharing this at all. Trauma, you know, like when you're younger and you're developing, you know, you're also, your brain's developing as well. So if somebody's saying you need to dress like a boy, look like a boy, you know, act like one because they didn't want you to have long, beautiful hair and look like a female because of their jealousy. Right. Um, it's, it creates muscle memory. I'm a, I'm a therapist that works with people in the water, kind of helping with muscle memory, people that are, that have cerebral palsy and different things mm-hmm. at birth. We kind of re, we give them a rebirth in a way we, we, we rechain their muscles and everything so they can walk again and talk. So as I was developing through that time, it's like, you know, okay, well, I guess I'm a boy, but then junior high hits and I get my period Mm. and my dad had divorced this lady by now. Thank goodness. Mm -hmm. And he remarried my, uh, he remarried a wonderful lady Mm. who was trying to say, okay, you, you can act like a lady you can paint your nails, you can do this, and you're a girl. And I was like, no, I'm a boy. It was too late. Those younger years are so, you're so pliable in those early years, and and they make such a lasting impact on you those early childhood years, right? Yeah. So impactful. I tried to grow my hair back out. I tried to be a girl, and it never worked. And I had tantrums. I had anger issues, Hmm. you know. And now I'm 38, and it's like, 
when you I look, was- You look much younger than me. Fuck that. Why do you look how you look? I was literally on the, I was in my car on the way over here just now and I was looking at myself. I was like, I'm starting to get some wrinkles in my forehead. Why do you look 25 and I hey, look, girl, and I, I look 45? Damn it. Wait, we'll blame it. We'll blame it on the te- the testosterone. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but um, yeah. But you know, it's like coming out at a, as an older age in the public eye. I'm also the co-founder of the first all youth girls tackle football league in the United States. Hell yeah! And this is awesome. Where I get My emotional. daughter wants to play that. That's cool. Yeah, I get emotional because it's like, how do I come out? So I had to come out at 36 because I couldn't handle the anger and the. Mm you know, all the stuff. And in my twenties, I even tried, I thought I was like, okay, I'm going to transition, but I was too scared. Now, when you say come out, come out as a blanket term that's used for many different sexual preferences and orientations and lifestyles and come out just in general means I am going to tell the world who I am and how I feel inside. It doesn't just mean it used to just mean I'm gay. And, but what does come out mean to you? What did you come out and say? Well, I came out and just basically, I just let it out all on Facebook. Like even before I called some of my family members, I basically said, this is me. I've always felt like a boy, you know, and I'm going to live my happy life. Mm-hmm. And and being in Utah with the religion that's here, you know, I was worried oh, wow. that I was going to lose clients. But honestly, I haven't lost any clients. Really? Wow. That's fantastic. I mean, people see your heart. I can already see you have such a great heart, beautiful smile, the work that you're doing with kids. You're obviously a very good person and people see that in you. So thank God we're in a place where people can look past petty stuff and surface stuff and say, here's your heart. Here's who you are. I don't care about the rest. That's up to you. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's a beautiful thing. Um, so do you put a label on that? When you say you come out, what did you like? You know, I, I, I get like the explanation of here's how I feel inside. But what do you say? Do you say I am a trans male? Did you come out? Is that how you do you label it or you don't label it? Yeah, that I labeled it at first. Like I am a transgender male. Um, and I have no problem labeling it for just so people can understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, that's what, the, that's what I'm doing with these conversations is there's so much, I don't like the word stigma because it's negative. That It's not stigma, but there's so much mystery around transgender people. And whenever there's mystery, then there's an unknown. And when there's an unknown, there's a fear. And when there's fear, there's hate. And that's where all that stuff comes from. What I'm doing is just saying, hey, let's talk. Let's everybody know what the fuck's going on with this stuff. This is how people feel. This is how the transition works. This is what life is like. And when we understand each other, we can't hate each other, right? And that's what I'm really trying to do is just understand it because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a cisgendered heterosexual male. And I think my group of people knows the least about your group of people, not me anymore, because now I'm starting to learn about it and research about it. And I'm like, it makes, it feels good to me to not have this unknown. And so I'm sharing that with everybody else. That's what we're doing together. You and I here is sharing this with the world so we can stop going, Oh, what's over there behind that door here? Open the door. This is it. You see it. Okay. <laughs> That's it. I you know what I mean? That. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, okay. So Here's an interesting thing about your story already for me is I think there's, and here's, this is, so, so there's the theme of our conversation. I'm going to be very open with my questions. I'm not going to feel weird about asking anything. That's the way I am. I'm just going to ask what I want to ask because it's about, cool. Do you think it's common for 
Um, do you think it's common for transgender people to have some sort of trauma in their childhood, or do you think that's just your story? You know, I have talked to other trans males and females, and they had mentioned that they really felt the dysphoria when they were younger. They Mm -hmm. felt like they were in the wrong body. Mm -hmm. See, and I feel like if, you know, I would have stayed with my mom, maybe I would have just been Crystal. I'm Chris Mm -hmm. now, which Mm -hmm. I still Mm C-R-Y-S. Maybe I would have, you know, it's always the what ifs. Like, sure. Because I never felt like I was in the wrong body Mm. up until I was trained to be, you know, brainwashed. And I went through counseling and all kinds of stuff to, so I think it's everybody's story is different. That's, that's the answer to the question. Like there are people that really feel like they were born and they should have been the, you know, a boy or girl or whatever it is that, you know, they were feeling. And then other people were affected by trauma. So it's not the same cookie cutter story for everybody. Now, thinking about that, yeah, I get that. And that sounds real to me. Thinking about this, um, knowing that there is this kind of root of trauma for you and and even being, it's it's so interesting to me that you're conscious of the fact that you were brainwashed into something, but yet at 38, same age as me, you're running with it now as if like you don't ever think that at some point you might overcome the trauma that happened to you from your mom when you were a child and go, okay, now I'm over that. But if you're over that, does that mean that I no longer think I'm a boy? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what I tried. I tried. I know it sounds like you went to therapy. Like what, like, what do you think about that? You could wake up tomorrow and say, you know what? Fuck you, mom. What you did was wrong. I don't think like, do you, is that a part? I don't know. That's, that's the thought I have in my head right now is knowing that this came from some external force. What if that's, what if you deal with that and then it's no longer an issue? Then what do you do? Yeah, then I, then I, that's, and that's the one thing that with my psychiatrist I had talked about because I was like, what if I get through this thing that I, you know, and I wake up and I regret what I did, but I don't feel that way. Mm. That's what's cool. Cause I tried, you know, I tried mm-hmm. everything. Mm. Like I grew my hair out. I tried to, you know, be girly. I tried to be a tomboy. I tried to be, oh, I'm lesbian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no I'm not lesbian like, <laughs> I, I'm a guy like that's just how it works and honestly people go through shit for a reason so my ex-stepmother like she you know everybody's like oh you should be angry with her you should she ruined your life you know I wouldn't be able to connect to the children I get emotional mm-hmm. that I do if I was she wouldn't have put me through that stuff you know and she may have ruined a lot of the whole the way I was brought up, but it's hard to reprogram the brain. I've been through all EMDR therapy, all kinds of stuff. And it just won't, I won't go back (laughs) to that five-year-old little girl that I was. Mm -hmm. I tried. Mm. I do agree with you that um, experiencing trauma and pain, if you're able to overcome it and get back to a place where you have peace and joy, well, that's the most powerful thing that you can use to help others and to share with others, right? That just makes you so compassionate and so empathetic to what other people are going through. So it can be one of the best things that happens in life. Yes, it is. And honestly, like, yeah, I'm to the point where I don't, I don't have any regrets. I, I don't tell. think I would change my past because I can tell, I can tell. Yeah. Um, okay. So so you lived, though, your entire no, – first of all, let me ask you this. You date men or women? You date women, right? Yeah, I date women. In mm-hmm. high school, I did date men. Oh, you um, did? 
but I didn't have any issues. I, I would, I guess for my sexuality, I would be bisexual. Oh, okay. So you, so so you are I, romantically I'm, attracted to both. Yes. I'm, I'm an open. Yep. Okay, good. And that uh, never changed. I thought it would for some reason, but it, it just stayed the same. <laughs> even after you started taking the testosterone, it didn't yep. go away. Cool. Everything's the same. Cool. Cool. Um, and you're still emotional too, right? Would you say? Oh, yeah. You st- yeah, I can tell because you've already almost cried twice on this call. And my and dad, I, I'm like that too. I cry so much. <laughs> my dad too. My dad is very emotional. So how's your relationship with him now? He's fine. You know, I feel like he knew all along because he mm. was the one that had to take me to this mall, and I said, I don't want to shop in the girl section. I need some boy clothes. Mm. I need the baggy baggy uh jinkos or whatever it was um corduroy pants i I go i'm a skater yeah you know like whatever it was anything that i could do to be cool masculine in that in junior high but i had to be the boy clothes and he took me to shop there oh so he was supportive he was supportive and he bought me clone he didn't i didn't want perfume oh wow wow and i wanted his shoes when they were worn like that he was done with them i used to wear his skis you know, like, okay, okay, the skis are worn out. You don't want them anymore. I'll take your skis. Any like, article of mail something that you could put around yep. you made you feel comfortable. I would take it for my dad. <laughs> he's um, fine with it. He's just like, don't waste all your money on those surgeries. Just take one step at a time. Right, right, right. We'll get to that because I have a lot of questions about that too. And that's some of the stuff that some of the other folks I've spoken to haven't been able to answer for me. So hopefully you can maybe just answer a few more questions about what oh, happened totally. further down the road. So dating in high school for you wasn't too odd. How was your how was your experience in high school in general in terms of like having friends and socializing? Were you a pretty social kid or no? You know, sports was my thing, swim mm-hmm. team. Mm. And they didn't have tackle football for girls, obviously, at that time. But I didn't, I got bullied in elementary and junior high. As soon as I hit high school, I found my personal power Mm. and through swimming and sports that I've, I I lived a regular, you know, high school life. And there was people that used to tease me. They'd call me girl boy. But you didn't give a shit by then. I didn't. Good for you, dude. Good for you. the The group of people I hung around with. They were either gay or lesbian, or I've had a few that I friends transition. Huh. So. Um, even back then, you say? They, I have a friend that he transitioned right when he graduated. Really? He started testosterone, his, you know, and he just went for it. And that, I looked Early, up to wow. Him. I looked up to him for, for so long, and I was always curious, like, okay, what do you have to do? You know. That planted out, a seed was, in your brain way back then, huh? Yep. Huh. And when you, yep. you say when you came out, what? When I came or well, when he came out and then I, w- I when I came out to him, he's like, I already knew Sacco. <laughs> he's like, I already knew. He's like, I was just waiting for you to finally come out and be oh, yourself. Wow. That's awesome. It's good that you had a support system around you. I think, you know, so many people out there don't have that support system. They feel so alone. They feel scared. They're not, they're unsure. They don't have anybody they can turn to and confide in who relates to what they're going through. And I think that can make those feelings and that process so much harder. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was hard for my birth mom. That was the nice mom, not the one that was abusive. Um, So she had a hard time. Cause she had lost me when I was little. Cause my stepmom had kept me away from her. Mm. So she thought she was losing me again. Mm. So I had to explain to her, no mom, I'm still the same person. Mm. So you obviously still have a relationship with her as well. 
Yes. Okay. Yes. So your relationship with both of your parents is healthy, but the only person who was really a shithead in your life was this evil stepmother. Yep. Exactly. Wow. It's like a different, it's like a Cinderella story, but with a prince. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, okay. So, so dating was fine for you. Friends and everything was pretty okay. It seems like you were a pretty confident kid. Uh, and then you live, but then you lived your whole life until just a couple of years ago as a female and Tell me if you can summarize just kind of like what were your thoughts and, and how were your feelings? And is this something you wrestled with the whole time and just kept sweep, sweeping under the rug? Or, you know, what have the last 20 years been like? Well, I was married and oh, wow. my ex-wife, who's one of my best friends now, she was straight up lesbian. Uh-huh. You know, straight up. She looks like a, a guy. Uh-huh. You know, she doesn't want to be a guy. And we had talked about having kids. We were actually in Greece. And we, the subject came up about having kids. And I said, well, I don't want a child in my womb. The thought of it just makes me just, it just grosses me out. Right. And then I, I just came out and I just said, you know what? I feel like a man. Hmm. And our marriage was kind of falling apart because we had um, kind of distanced ourselves a little bit. We were more roommates. Right. So that, and, and also when she would take me shopping, I had a hard time trying to be girly because I was kind of trying to be girly for her. And she's like, that's not what I wanted. I fell in love with you. Uh, but can I just, ask about the dynamic of that relationship a little bit? Because this is another thing that I'm very ignorant about. Don't know ignorant, meaning not unaccepting, but just not knowing. Right. So yeah. I think many people's perception is that in any kind of gay relationship, there's a masculine and a feminine, right? There's a kind of a alpha and a whatever, whatever you want to say. Right. Um, is that true or is that not true? It is true. There's some people that are pretty balanced, like yin and yang. They're, you know, there's not one that dominates the other. But with her, she was more of the man in the relationship. And I was trying to be the girl. How and is that? Did. How? <laughs> That's like, what I'm trying to understand that. Because you told me that she dressed like a, she was like a guy and then you yep. are a man. And how did you ever get into that relationship to begin with? I know you're going to tell me, but I had to express how blown away I am by that first. Go ahead. Well, here's what happened. And I was pretty masculine, you know, dressed like a guy. I got with her on the football team because we were on a women's football team. That's where I met her. And I had dated a few girls on the team before that. And my coach was like, this is not match.com. And I said, I promise I won't date anybody else. And, you know, for some reason, when I got with her, I was still masculine. And then she was checking out some girl that was really girly. Uh-huh. And then I thought, oh shit, does that, that's what she wants. Like, uh. so I started trying to, and then when we started the youth, the youth girls football league, I was like, okay, I need to be a business woman present this way. And I was ser- seriously thought I had some DID meaning like personality disorder. Like, Cause I kept switching back and forth. Right. Right. And so I started trying to be feminine for her. And in all honesty, she didn't care whether I was masculine or fem- feminine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I just was trying to be somebody that I wasn't. I think we all do that. I think we all have people in our lives at times that we try to kind of mold ourselves to be a little bit more what they like, whether it's a wife, husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, even just our friends. There are definitely times where we mold ourselves to try to be, 
you know, who our friends want us to be, go places they want to go and do things they want to do. And to some extent, that's healthy. That's just kind of compromise and caring about the other person. But sometimes when you start really transforming who you are into someone that you're not, then it's not healthy. I think we all do that. I've even done that before with friends where I find myself over time like, wait, why am I always doing this shit with this guy that I don't want to do? You're right. And it's just because I wanted to just be a good friend. But like at some point, no, that's not me. You know what I mean? That's exactly what I did. Yeah. And she's like, you have, you've had tantrums the seven years that we've been together. She's uh-huh. like, you have a hard time in the women's section trying to shop. She's like, you have not been happy. You've had a deep depression. She's like, mm. what is wrong? And that's when it all came out in Greece. We were supposed in Greece was supposed to be our kind of helping our marriage, but instead uh. we had decided to get a divorce. Well, it sounds like it did help your marriage. Yep. It did. That's and what your marriage still, needed to do. Yep. And you We're guys still are really close. close. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good. Um, and what did she think about uh, when you when you finally kind of came out and said, I'm going to transition? Was it just like, you know, was she happy for you to finally be doing it? Or what did she say? She was happy for me. Actually, what I did is I went and taught a Reiki class mm-hmm. when I got back. And then I came home and I was like, I'm not going to transition. It's too hard. You know, nobody's going to understand. And she actually pushed me. Mm. No, you need to be true to yourself. She's like, let's, she's like, I'm stepping aside. You need to be you. Mm. She would have rather seen me happy. What a good friend. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. In the last two years, we were more friends anyway. So yeah. Yeah. Now you guys don't have to put unnecessary pressure on your relationship to be more than that. You can just be friends. Exactly. That's good. Okay. So, so now is this the, is that the kind of the point where you decided that you were going to go forward with the full HRT? Yes. Okay. And this was two years ago, right? Yep. Now let's get into some of the particulars about how that whole process works. And uh, for, you know, I want to kind of start from scratch, even though I've heard a little bit about this just because anybody listening may have no idea. So what's the first thing that you do as a female to male transition? Walk us through that process. Well, here's, I got lucky. Um, I have a mentor Mm-hmm. who helps me with my work stuff. And I was really angry him, at him at first because he, I thought he didn't accept my decision. Mm. He's like, you need to go to counseling. The best money I put into myself, I get emotional <laughs> again, was going to a counselor. I said, well, I've been to counseling. He's like, no, 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 no. You need to learn about yourself. Make sure it's not some identity crisis or personality disorder or you're angry. I said, fine. So I go for six months and I'm like, I want to, you know, I'm ready to start testosterone. He's like, why don't you give it a couple more months? I said, okay, fine. Cause I was eager to start yeah. the hormones. Yeah. And he, and so I finally, you know, went to the doctor and they started me on the testosterone mm-hmm. and I just decided to do a low dose. Cause I was still not all the way out yet at work mm. or with the football league, because mm. I was just besides Facebook, but like I wasn't out 100% with my clients. Mm -hmm. So I did a low dose for the first, I think it was like four months. And now I'm, I take testosterone weekly. It's a shot that's in the, I, I, in my thigh every week. Mm -hmm. And for the rest of my life. (laughs) I didn't for the rest of your life. So I didn't ask you about this, but what did you look like before beginning HRT? Did you have long hair? Did you, how did you dress? Like what I'm trying to envision what the people who knew you have seen in terms of the transition from, from crystal to Chris. Well, I, 
um, had short hair. Yeah, or I still do. But before that, I had short hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would wear a little like eyeliner and stuff to bring out my eyes, but I didn't really wear makeup. And it mm-hmm. was mostly sporty clothes. Mm, okay. So not much different. I mean, now I've got some facial hair. Yeah, you have a go-to. Facial hair come in a lot. Yeah. So, and my voice is definitely deeper. Right. And so I've heard that too, is that like if you transition from male to female, your voice won't change because your vocal cords are already thick and they can't get thinner. Yep. But if you transition from female to male, your voice can get deeper because your vocal cords can get thicker. Is that correct? Correct. Cool. Um, so what... So the first thing that you did is started taking the testosterone as a low dose. You don't take anything else. There's nothing else that you had to take. Like I know when you transition from, uh, from uh, male to female that you take a uh, testosterone blocker first and then you start taking estrogen. So there's no precursor to taking the testosterone from female to male? Well, luckily I'm older. The younger crowd for, from uh, female to male, they do the estrogen blockers. Oh, okay. So I have a couple girls on one of the football teams or just in my league in general that are thinking about transitioning and uh-huh. wanting to transition, but the parents won't wait. They want them to wait till they're 18. Uh-huh. So they they put them on estrogen blockers okay. and then the testosterone. But for me, I'm older and it just, I just, you know, wanted to just do the regular just dive on in. Yeah, yeah. Plus you yeah. already waited going through therapy. You're like, enough. Oh my God. <laughs> I almost killed my mentor. Not literally, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just throwing fits. Like, oh, why are you, you know, why? But I'm glad. Yeah. Counseling's I mean, no. important. Oh, absolutely. You gotta, I think if you're going to make any major change in life, regardless of what it is, you should take the time to be sure about it before you do, especially, especially if it's something kind of change. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's in its own category for sure. Um, okay. So, so you start taking the testosterone and what are the first changes that you noticed physically, emotionally? What did you start noticing? Or when is the, how long before you started to notice anything? And then what was it? It was like first, the first thing after the first three weeks was no period. Oh, okay. That was the, that was a godsend. Hell yeah. (laughs) Like I, like I, and no cramps. None right. of that. That was where my, I would have to say if I had any type of dysphoria, yeah. that's what, cause I always talked about my period to everybody oh. and they're like, why are you talking about it like this? I'm like, cause I hate it. So <laughs> you know, when you, oh, so when you would have your period, it would feel like, why is this happening to me? This doesn't, you don't like that. Just like you said, you had real bad feelings about the thought of having a baby in your womb. Similar thing. Anything that was a very female kind of biological thing didn't feel good to you. Yes. Got it. And I had a wonderful female body. I had, and I, 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 if you don't mind me sharing this, but I had breasts that people wanted, mm-hmm. you know, like perfect figure when it comes to what people want and pay, you know, totally, so I yeah. felt guilty about changing my body, but I had to be happy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I totally get it. But you know, God bless your heart though, for, you know, uh, um, for, uh, for the for more so for losing some fantastic tits you know that's great. yeah exactly no that's the truth everybody's and they know me for mine because i used to you know i used to we, we used to do motorboat like you know like, oh nice nice like they're it's sad that sackle's boobs are going oh you know, man i was like we're gonna have to have a going away boob party because some trans people People, they'll do a rebirth with, and I'm not going to dress like a baby or shit. You know, that's just not my thing. Like, Wait, is that what they do? I've heard they have like a funeral for the old them, but I didn't know there was like a baby thing. What's that? Tell me me about that. So 
what what people do is they have they literally with their parents they'll have it's a boy and they'll do a baby blanket and they'll sometimes dress the the person up like a baby that's, I, that's just be, that's just me. fun it's silly but it's just yeah. they're just having fun right yeah they it. are yeah they yeah, are yeah. and i'm it's not funny. you know that's their preference it's fine but mine it's going to be the going away boob party yeah with the welcome the dick party because you really are a guy <laughs> like because that's, that's a I've fucking wanted. guy ass idea if i ever heard one it's true and <laughs> there's so many men and women out there they're like oh my god you're getting rid of your beavis and butthead that's what my name that's my mood <laughs> so that's gonna be you know one part of me that that's gonna be sad to go but yeah. because of covid i didn't my surgery got pushed back Okay, you're hilarious, dude. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> I had to bring it up. I just had to. I love it. Okay, so oh, to recover from that. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold on. It's true. You're fucking great. Okay, so the next thing that you noticed was what? So a few weeks in, you noticed your period was gone, cramps were gone, and then what's the next thing you noticed? And and when was the, that? The voice getting deeper. My okay. voice started getting deeper. Okay. And, and is I that still like, happening? Is that gradually still changing or what? Yes, a little bit. Okay. I think okay. I'm going to hit my two-year mark in August, and then I think that's it when it comes to the changes okay. what testosterone does three more two more months okay yeah and so okay so th- so that also answers another question so you started this two years ago basically almost two years ago right coming up on two yes. years, about 20 call it 22 months or whatever and so then the voice starts changing and then do you start losing so what so what is the surgery that you have to have do you start losing your breast tissue yeah the breast tissue does shrink and so do the hips like mm. i notice like my legs are skinnier Really? And my hips. And my stomach's always been really fit because of swimming and stuff. But, right. like, the fat moves to your stomach, just like uh, in men. Oh, uh, oh. Uh. And it's kind of interesting. Also, in the water, I noticed I, I used to float really well. That's another thing I noticed right away. I was huh. just working with my kids, and I was treading water. I'm like, I feel like I'm going to fall. Like, I was like, what? I have to work harder to get to float? Yeah, you like, lose so your flotation devices. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> they don't float anymore as much. Damn. So. Um, what about your face? Did you notice any changes in your face besides the facial hair? I've heard about yes. fat moving from the cheeks. Yeah, my I, my jawline and everything. It, it's it's a little bit more cut, which I yeah. Like. And yeah. the facial hair came in with no problem. Like a lot of trans men are jealous. They're like, oh my gosh, you are so lucky that you get the hairs growing in in the right place because they have a hard time growing it. Really? What happens? And they're on higher doses. What happens? with did They just don't get any or it comes in patchy or what? It comes in patchy. Oh, okay, okay. But yours looks totally like, dude. Yeah, mine, mine comes in nicely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look good. Thank you. How do you feel when you look at yourself? How do you feel when you see yourself in the mirror? Do you feel good? I feel good and it's me. I was yeah. like, it's me. Like, you know, this is me. Like that song in The Greatest Showman. Like, <laughs> sure. So, uh, so, so, so maybe even if it wasn't super prevalent or at the front of your mind, there must have been some sort of gender dysphoria because the fact that there's euphoria seeing yourself now means that you yep. must have not liked as much what you saw before, right? Exactly. As as everybody and I loved Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. Must not have Beavis. loved them. 
but other than that, like that's the only sad thing that's going because you know, like I said, women go out and pay for those. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> would have been nice if you could have donated them to somebody or something. That's right? what my friends say. They're like, just give them to us. <laughs> so, so now it's been almost two years. Do you notice anything emotionally, psychologically different? Honestly, testosterone's mellowed me out. Hmm. Something about that estrogen made me like, I just, people think that the testosterone would make someone rage. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's the estrogen. I do notice my. I think fuse many men would agree with you. <laughs> yeah, I have a short fuse, a little bit, but Are I get over really? things. Qu- yeah, I get over things quickly though. Mm-hmm. I'm the before same. I would drag it out. It's and I'm not saying this to be, you know, anything against women or anything, but when it comes to coaching football, the girls they think that they teach us as coaches because they're like. A, they think A, B, C, D, E. They're like, why do we run through that hole? Why do we do this? When I coach the boys, it's like, no, we're just going to run through the hole. We're going to do, do it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Very much more difference. matter of fact. That's changed for me. I, I yeah. think things through, but it's like quickly. It's not. It's, I think I that is a to, physiological thing. It's not about judgment or anything else, yeah. but there are just differences between men and women. And a lot of it has to do with that testosterone and estrogen level. That's it, right? It sure does. Yeah, it's a biological thing. It's not uh it's not any kind of sexism or anything like that. It's just it, it is what it is, right? Yeah. And you're a perfect example because you've been both and so you can feel the difference and attest to that yourself, right? Like not many yes. people can say that. Um so so now I guess I have a couple more questions. You're gonna have a surgery to remove the rest of your breast tissue, I assume. Yes. And the big question. I love it. I can feel it. <laughs> You knew it was coming, Chris. And I'm not beating around the bush. What do you do with your vagina? So the cool thing is, is I was already, I already had an enlarged clitoris. Okay. I'm lucky. I must be one lucky person. Right, right. The testosterone makes it grow more. Really? So that's, so, and that's something that you probably, a lot of people don't know that. I don't, I didn't know that at all. The testosterone makes it grow. And honestly, it looks like a mini penis. It looks like a micro penis. Really? That's what mine looks like right now as well. It's, it, that's just the way it looks. They have, they have prosthetics that you right. can attach to that. Right, right. And they do everything, every function. You can pee through. But I can already stand up pee, peeing if I wanted. Really? You, you can, yeah. Wait, but you don't pee through your clitoris. No, but it does. It shoots out. I don't know if it's just because... The, the clitoris is hard, but <laughs> it, do, it does. It just shoots. It's, I can just pee standing up like the guys. I Are don't you know kidding if, me? I'm serious. Like I'm 100%. Wow. So the prosthetics, when you, if you get a prosthetic, is it detachable or is it something? It has to be, right? Prosthetic is detachable. Yes. And, yep. and you can put it on and it stays on. It can just lock on to the yep. your enlarged clitoris and stay on that? It stays would, on. And, but you wouldn't feel anything through a prosthetic though. But that's just like, so you can at least, you can use it. Yeah. The cool thing is, is like, if you use a prosthetic for sexual purposes, they have like, they have oh, stuff. Oh, okay, okay. You can use it for other than sex fill. just to have it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's some you can pack with and you have sex with just like a regular. And I finally got mine, which I absolutely love, but I'm also happy with my size that I have now, just my natural size. Really? Wow. So, so I might just do the, um, oh my gosh, 
what is it when you get your parts removed inside? Why can I not think hysterectomy <laughs> hysterectomy? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get that after I get my top surgery. Mm-hmm. And then there's another surgery I can have with the clitoris where they cut some of the tissue or something, and then it makes it stick out even more. Oh, okay. And there's kind of cut one away from it. Can... Guys do that too, where like you cut your pubic hair, it makes your penis look bigger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's the same idea. We all know yeah. about this. Hey, I can so teach you girlfriend. a few things. Let me teach you a few things. <laughs> welcome to welcome to to guy world. Let me sh- let me show you how you make your dick look bigger. <laughs> exactly. I'm just messing with you. Here. <laughs> And it's important to me. That's one thing that I've always felt. You know, when someone chops off a limb or they get their toe cut off, my yeah. mom, for example, she's like, my, her toe went to the market. <laughs> she, <laughs> she said it feels like her toe is still there. Really? But the nerve endings think it's still there. So I've always felt like something was there and like it, you know, so this testosterone, the clitoris growth, the prosthetic, all of it has helped me so much. I don't think I want to get the one where they add, where they cut the skin out of your forearm and they, they basically add a dick to you. Really? And there's a pump and everything. They haven't perfected that surgery. Yeah. Don't be, don't be the beta tester. No. If you, if people want to Google, you know, female to male, um, penis surgeries, it'll pop up all over. And I don't even like the look of it. Honestly, it looks like a chewed up dog toy. So I've Googled enough shit on my computer where I'm surprised it still turns on. I don't think I want to Google that one. No, you don't. And and a lot of my trans male friends do not get that surgery. Really? Okay. Um, What's the most common solution? The one is, you know, just allowing the clitters to grow to get the prosthetics. And then that one, it's, it's something plasticity. It's basically where they cut um, some of the skin and it makes, makes it stick out more. Okay. Which, now, I don't know if this is just rumor shit that I heard, but I have a buddy and he's in the military. So I got to take everything he says with a grain of salt because they say the weirdest shit all the time. But he yeah. says that there's a thing where you can use your thumb where they can like, they can, they can take a thumb or take a toe. I think he said, and they can, they can somehow attach it and it works and you can pee through it and everything else. And it gets hard and everything else. I don't know. Is that, he t- what, see, it's, I can tell by the way you're looking at me right now that I was fed a line of bullshit. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't go I around telling people this. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was bullshit too. I was like, bro, you mean it has a knuckle on it? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, dude. Uh, I guess that's not a thing. No, and it might they, it might grow to like as big as a thumb. Right, 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 right. But as for cutting it off, no, they usually take tissue from the hip or the forearm. But the reason okay. why I didn't want no tissue, having them add a dick to me with my skin from my forearm, I don't want to look down at my forearm and think foreskin. Uh. <laughs> like Dude. it's a reminder, like, oh, that's part of my dick. You got a future in comedy, bro. So how's the, how's this, have you, have you used it? So what, so what do you do? Have you used your, your new, your newly grown penis? I assume you have for sex yes. and how does it yes. feel? Amazing. Like absolutely like, like really? everything about it's real. Nice. Nice. That's the one thing that like, I can't imagine losing the ability to enjoy sex under any circumstances. I can't imagine doing anything where that would happen because that just like, uh, that's not fun, right? You don't want to lose sex. And that's why I don't want to get the bottom surgery. Cause I don't want to risk losing the feeling feeling down there. Like, yeah. I mean, 
And my girlfriend's straight. Did you know that? So she, the girl I've been seeing for a year now, wow, she's 100% never been with a woman. Wow. And she was one of the football, she was an aunt to one of the, the girls that I coached. And uh-huh. I met her through football and awesome. she just never dated. She was so scared at first because, you know, like it's all brand new. And I felt yeah. like I wasn't going to satisfy her, but she's happy as can be. Good for you. Good for both of you. Good for both of you for being so open-minded and willing to just love and like not overcomplicate it. That's fantastic. Yep. I'm glad. I'm so glad that you guys are happy together. So, um, the, so, so the opening to your vagina, I, I don't know if I caught that. Maybe I didn't ask her, maybe whatever, but did, do, do you, so are you going to sew that up or do you leave that alone or what happens with that? You know, I think after the hysterectomy, I'm just going to leave it alone. Just leave it. Yeah. There are some trans men that like, cause for example, I am bisexual and honestly, mm-hmm. I did date a few men after I start, when I first started my transition mm-hmm. because I wanted to make sure like nothing had <clears throat> changed, you know, like, yeah, but there are some trans men that still use those, those parts. Sure. And my girlfriend has a good way of putting it. She's like, well, if it feels good, who gives a shit? You know, like, I love that. That's some, a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. There are some that will not let anything go up there. Uh, they're like, nope, absolutely not. This is uncomfortable. That's the gender dysphoria thing. Yeah. Mine, not so much. I'm pretty open. Yeah. Yeah. So. You seem, of all the people I've spoken with, to be the most comfortable with yourself and where you are more than anybody else I've spoken to, which is interesting because your story starts with trauma and this almost being forced onto you, but yet you're yeah. so, so comfortable with who you are. It's interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I had to learn how to step in my personal power. And that's what part of the therapy I do for people mm. that, you know, I help them find their true power and their true nature. And whether they want to be girl, boy, gay, pan, sexual, whatever it is that, you know, so many things. And yeah. I don't get upset when people misgender me. Like mm. I do sometimes, I guess with the testosterone, that's where some of my rage came out at first. If, if they don't know, then they don't know. But when they're mean about it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or just doing it, to be a bully, then be I get disrespectful. Upset. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't Does that expect- happen. Do people fuck with you? You know, I recently <clears throat> actually, I had, um, I was coming back. We were on a road trip and I ended up going into the bathroom and there's this guy, I get nervous and that's where I get freaked out. It, mm-hmm. When I have to go into the gas station bathrooms with a bunch of men, mm-hmm. I'll usually wait in the stall till everybody leaves Cause I'm still like, even though some people can't tell, right? but some people still can. And I thought this guy left and he was on the phone and he looks at me, he's like, wrong bathroom, wrong bathroom. And you know, I was just like, excuse me. And then I walked out. What bothers you the most about that? Is it the fact that he treated you that way or the fact that he could tell? He could tell, I think both. Yeah. And I'm, and it just makes me so uncomfortable, but then I could, going to Maverick or the grocery store and nobody can even tell. And when, so I'm sure the opposite happens if somebody says, Oh, sir, can I, you know, would you like plastic or paper bags? And that probably yeah. makes you feel good. Right. Oh yeah. I and mean, usually hey. I, don't get, I don't get misgendered too much. And with my students, with the kids, I don't care. They'll be like, miss crystal. Are you a boy now? <laughs> <laughs> well, because they're coming from such a loving and innocent place that like, fuck it. Right. Yep. 
Yeah, I think it's definitely the lack of acceptance or the disrespect or whatever that that is bothersome. So, but like, you know, it's I think it's natural. I don't think it's maybe maybe it is. I mean, who am I to say? But maybe it's not testosterone rage. Maybe it's just that like people are assholes sometimes and that would piss anybody off. That would piss me off anybody, you know, anybody. You should be pissed off when that happens. Yeah, and it's just when they're disrespectful. And my mentor at the beginning, he really had a tough time when I came out because we spent every day together with our work and this and that. And he knew that that's how I felt because I brought it up in my 20s. But he also he also misgendered me purposely for the Mm. first part. And I said, you need to stop. You You don't understand. It's like a knife in my chest, dude. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks. Um, but I, I think you're the kind of person that does the work internally to be able to cope with things and you will find your way to be able to navigate no matter what anybody says or thinks about you, you're going to be okay. I feel that about you. At least that's the perception I get from you. Um, that's the perception I get from you after knowing you for an hour. Um, yeah. I want to tell you something, I, uh, an experience I had one time really quick. Um, so I was, I went to a gas station and the cashier, um, May I don't know what your ex-wife looked like, but she was a very masculine-looking female in terms of just like a baggy shirt, almost intentionally so you couldn't see her breasts. Very short male haircut, almost kind of like a male-shaped face. Look, I'm never the kind of person who would be disrespectful or rude to somebody. That's not me at all. I would never do that. Right? I would never try to offend somebody. I'm not that guy. And I went up to the. Uh, and actually I'm very polite and that's where this whole thing came from. I went and I put my stuff on the counter, whatever I was getting. And she said, this will be this much. And I said, okay, here you go. Thank you, sir. And she stopped and stared at me and she was like, I am a woman. And she was so pissed. Right. And I was like, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And then I walked out, but, and I walked out, I was, then I was mad because I was like, wait a minute you are you could not probably try any harder to create the image that you are a man and then somebody says sir to you and you get mad like as if you don't know and i'm like why do i have to feel bad for that that's not fair you know what i mean no you shouldn't feel bad and there's half my friends like seriously they look like boys we have a group we call the boys but they don't want to transition they love their female parts they're just a bunch of lesbians that they're like we just like being tomboys and they don't get offended at all I think those are the kinds of interactions that scar and 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 slow down the progress of us getting to know each other better, being more comfortable around each other. I think those are the kind of interactions that make people feel like they need to walk on eggshells. And if yeah. we can stop from both sides having that kind of level of sensitivity, I think we can drop our guard and we can all just be people and not have to be so caught up and and stressed out when we come across each other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, people are going to miss, honestly, like, let's say I was straight and I wasn't familiar with what, you know, like with transgender or gay lifestyles or anything. Like I'm not very familiar with the church that's here in Utah, even though I grew up here, but I don't know all the details. Like I would, I would be this, be like you guys and ask and, you know, be as respectful as I could be, but I wouldn't, I know I would make mistakes along the way. Yeah, You know, I've said things about the church that probably was not appropriate but you know <laughs> well they might have been they might have been no i'm not gonna say that i'm not gonna yeah. Yeah. 
but it's true. They have, you know, we all have different walks of life, but we're, totally. we're eager to learn about each other. Totally. One thing I really love about the internet, like being able to connect with people that you don't know, learn more about each other. I think where we're going to be as a civilization over the next 20 years, if we haven't blown the earth up into smithereens, is right. we're all going to know, right? We're all going to know each other a lot better. We're all going to be much more comfortable with each other because where all the hatred and stuff lives is in the unknown. And before the internet was what it was and communication was what it is now, um, it was easy for you to stay in your own circles and never interact with other people, never encounter other people and never learn about them. But now every time you pull up Instagram or Facebook or whatever, or a podcast like this, you're being forced to learn more about different kinds of people and different walks of life. And that makes us, that makes it normal to us. That makes us more comfortable with it. And it's hard to hate somebody that you know and understand. You can only do that if you don't know them. You know what I mean? Exactly. Well, and same with the media. I, when we started the girls league th- think about all the stations that came out ESPN we had National Geographic we had Time magazine like so think about I deal with media I actually after you I have a call with um I don't know if it's some media with the NFL they don't know I transitioned so I'm gonna have to explain to them you know hey by the way I'm not Crystal anymore from when they did the last show I'm Chris and so far, everybody's been fine with it. That's going to be I'm a great story. No, don't be is. nervous, dude. They're, they're going to they're gonna embrace that. It's a great okay, story. No, they're <clears> going <throat> to embrace it. Like, dude, you represent the future, okay? People being comfortable saying this is who I am. See, the difference between now and in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, you weren't allowed to be who you were. You knew that it wouldn't be accepted. It was openly spoken that it would not be accepted if you tried to be anything other than what this little picture was. Even a lot of that wasn't accepted. You had to exactly. be exactly. Exactly this. So what we're seeing now is acceptance at scale and almost a celebration of that freedom and liberation to say, this is who I am. So you're being celebrated now because look, we can finally say it's not what you're feeling and what you're doing. This is not a new feeling. This has been around for hundreds of years, but people were too scared to ever say, this is who I am. Right? So yeah, you know, don't don't go around feeling nervous at all, dude. This is what's going on from this yeah, day forward where we're just like celebrate being you, no matter who that is, just be you. And you can never be happy and at peace until you are who you are. And you know that. You live 36 years of your life or at least 30 of it kind of wrestling with who you thought you were. And I think you've got to be, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but you got to be the most happy and at peace now that you've ever been. What do you think? Oh, so much better. Like it's so much better. And I shouldn't be nervous about the media type stuff. Like, cause I mean, they know, and I, I haven't had any issues with any of them when they call for the second year to go do interviews for the girls and for the league. And they want to talk to me and my co-founder and you know, that's just, I just got to just do it. And guess what happens if they do have issues with them, with you? They can go on to the next. Fuck them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Chris. Uh, I'm going to, Amber's the one who found you. She's my sister, but she's our producer. I'm going to, if it's okay with you, I want to have her send me your profile so I can friend you on Facebook and we can stay in touch. Is that okay? Go right ahead. And then if you wanted to do another one after my surgery or something. Let's do it. probably do that. And Let's do I, it. I will spread your 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 stuff around. I'm really good with social media. So good, I I'm not. Promote you guys. <laughs> Thank you so much, dude. I have had so much fun talking with you. I laughed my ass off. I learned a bunch. You filled in a lot of blanks for me, stuff that I was wondering about. You've been an open book and I really appreciate you for it. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having Take me. Absolutely. Yeah. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.
Hey guys, it's Rain again. Before we go, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please share it with somebody else who might enjoy it. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so that you get notifications. If you want to leave us a five-star rating and a review, we appreciate that so much. It really does help out more than you know. And some of you already know this, some of you don't. But my sister and I produced this show together. And we have a big, big dream to one day have enough supporters behind the show where we could afford to quit our jobs and do nothing but web chats. We can make more episodes, make more content, help more people, and have more fun doing it. And so the way that we're able to do that is through you. We have a Patreon page set up. It's patreon.com slash webchatspodcast. So P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash webchatspodcast. You can go there. We have three different tiers. You sign up. The lowest one is just $2.99 a month. And that will really help us reach our dream of being able to do this show as a career and make more great episodes for you guys to enjoy. So if you can offer some support there, that means the world to us. But listen, I really mean it. If you never gave us a penny, it does not matter. The fact that you're here means the world to us and we appreciate you. So thank you for listening and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care.